It's a very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan with you, right? Well, for the next hour or so, certainly. And today we decided to focus on net zero. And as you all know at this stage, net zero by 2050 may or may not be achievable. In some people's minds, it's a fantasy. In other people's minds, it'll save the planet. Many people are unhappy, and many people, of course, are happy. Those who protect the environment and want the environment to be protected are very happy. The Green Party, of course, are heading up this. Of course, their policies is what's going to make this happen. And joining me today on Zoom is Jackie Healy-Ray, independent councillor uh, in County Kerry, and also Grace O'Sullivan, a member of the European Parliament, LMP, MEP, and also a member of the Green Party. Good afternoon to both of you. Okay, now, in, re- in relation to what we're currently seeing, I've got to come to you first, Grace. I mean, let's just nip this one in the bud from the very start. A lot of people seem to be very disappointed in the Green Party, not because of the party, not because of the policies, but how it affects their pocket and their wallet. And sadly, in the Irish Independent the other day, there was obviously research done and a poll done which suggested that many people won't vote for the Green Party in the next election. Does that concern you? It's really concerns me highly, Niall, because, um, you know, I, like I'm an old environmental activist and then I, I got into politics and, um, you know, uh, the reason that I've been on this tra- trajectory myself is because I see and I listen, I see the evidence, I listen to the science and I see that, um, you know, from we're, the planet's in crisis and Ireland's in crisis and that if we don't follow a green agenda, that um, it will be the detriment to our own health um, and, and and all conditions uh, on earth, you know? So that's why... It I, think, I, I think the majority of the population, the majority of the world are behind yeah. you 100%. And, you know, yeah. and the science clearly is we have to protect the planet and we have to do what's logical to do that. Now, of course, you've been doing this a long time, going right back to the Greenpeace days. Um, so you've heard all the predictions and people are going to quote them, those predictions right back from the 1960s. The world is going to end in 10 years. We're all going to be flooded in 10 years. We're all going to die in 15 years, right up to more recently with Greta Thunberg saying we're going to be in an irreversible position, she said five years ago she's now deleting those tweets but that doesn't say that it's not going to happen that these things aren't damaging the planet and of course they are, nobody doubts that for a minute, but in saying that the urgency to get there by 2050 in the big scheme of things maybe isn't as necessary as we believe it is. You know, in other words, we could do this incrementally. I mean, we all know that naturally things are going to change. The Industrial Revolution came along, it's starting to fizzle out, now we're in the technical, technological revolution, and that in itself is helping us to create ways of protecting the environment quite naturally. So naturally, would the world have changed to protect the environment anyway? Well, uh, you know, uh, Niall, you're talking about 2050. When I talk about the policy measures we need, we're talking about tomorrow, but 2030 is is the first kind of point where we're looking at creating the changes. So look, um, for, for me, like the planet is warming. There's no doubt about it. And like you said, most people get it. Um, you know, there is, it, there is a cost to how we change the way we live. But uh, if we don't get on with it, we lose time on the other end. And that's why very often, now you hear people talking about future generations. I talk about my generation and your generation, really, that uh, we have to make the changes now. And what we've seen, a lot of the the changes that we have uh, proposed are good for people. So for instance, retrofitting houses. So we have an old housing stock in Ireland, and particularly Ireland, you know, uh, you know, uh, retrofitting, 
it wards against dampness. It gives you a better, you know, one absolutely home, better quality of life. And all you know, things like that annoy the hell out of people. Drafts coming through the windows, you know, stuff like that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more because it saves energy. Absolutely, saves energy, saves money for everybody in the long term. But I mean, you have to look at, you know, Mary and Kimmage or Crumlin in a house that was built in the 1960s. I mean, she probably hasn't got the money. I know there's a grant available that pays for quite a substantial amount of it, but she hasn't got the money. No more than she has the money to jump into an electric Tesla tomorrow. So everybody wants to be part of it, but to be part of it costs money. And, you know, it's all well and good, but, you know, the carrot and stick approach, it's more of a stick and carrot approach, to be honest with you. In other words, if you don't do it, you get financially punished, i.e we're seeing the, the, the rise in energy prices it's come back just a little bit at the moment but it is going to go up again and that affects people's pockets and that's what really people are about and that's why we're going to see a poll like this in the Irish Independent where they're not going to want to vote for people who are going to hurt their pockets yeah, and that's why the Greens and I, like I, I you know, I take absolutely on board what Paul says, uh, but that's why the Greens are pushing in government that there, the uh, transition, so the is a just and a fair transition. So all the time we're talking about, you know, I'm down here in Cork today, you know, people here in Cork, that the government supports those on um, in social housing on lower incomes. Uh, so, so that we have ways to help them with retrofitting. We've done that already because the, the carbon tax is ring-fenced so that people can actually, people on low, lower income, that income is literally put, in, to my mind, it's put into the pockets of people in social housing, low income. In terms of middle income, and we're hearing that term much more now um, in, the, in the, mm. the, the, the reason why, because people in middle, middle income uh, categories in Ireland are also finding feeling the squeeze, and of that's where we're uh, and that they don't want to be spending their disposable income that they normally use for the holiday to Marbella. They don't want to be spending that on you know getting the attic done or solar panels on the roof or whatever it happens to be. But yeah. let, let's oh, but let's just move away. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, just one thing. Like yeah. we've also you saw now the Greens have brought down the cost of transport, public transport. Uh, you know, again, that's really helping people. So what we we you know, I'd love to see a poll in terms of the trends. How many people are now taking public transport? How many people uh, have an option now that actually is not only affordable, it's accessible? Because we're even seeing here, you know, in Cork more, uh, you know, um, in terms of the the Cork Rail uh, okay. system that there'll be more regular rail, the big thing for us is get the affordability into it. And I, I, absolutely. And by the way, that's a great benefit money. to people working in cities, and, but maybe not in rural and, Ireland. You know? Yeah. But the money, the money is flowing. The money from Europe is flowing into a, a, a fair and just transition. And we've heard Mary um, Robinson, our former uh, president, talk time and time again about that just, fair transition. So that so that as we wean ourselves and, and we're moving at a rate of knots now away from burning fossil fuels, that we're moving into renewable energy, cleaner energy, healthier for the environment, healthier. You know, so that to me, it's it's like we're moving towards win-wins okay. and we have okay. to okay. Uh, um, uh, time against us. Okay, let me just move to Jackie, if I can. Jackie, the reason I wanted to talk to you today, of course, is that we have spoken to you before on many occasions, and we've spoken to your family, who are all obviously involved in politics. We're all very familiar in relation to agriculture, which is the one thing that affects rural Ireland more than anything else. The targets set for agriculture are very high. Um, Tim Cullinan, president of the Farming Lobby, told delegates last month or two months ago that he's seen the party's true colours, talking about the Green Party, when it comes to the agricultural sector. And you guys 
believe you've been hit hardest. In other words, if you're doing this to us, why aren't you doing it to air travel? Why aren't you doing it to cars? Why aren't you doing it to everybody else that we're the ones being hit hardest? Maybe explain what what part is being hit hardest. And do you understand, I suppose, what the Green Party are trying to do is make it a better place for everyone to live in. And you accept that. I, I absolutely do. And and initially what Grace said uh, in, and, and what you said yourself in relation to that, there is an issue. And I acknowledge that and, and I understand it. And I do believe, of course, that we have to take steps to protect the planet. I, I, I have absolutely no issue with that. But where I do have the issues is where we're putting the cart before the horse. Tell me, how does it make sense this morning? that I can go over to Kerry Airport and fly from Kerry to Dublin for 20 euros and it'll take 35 minutes. But if I get on the train in Killarney, it'll cost at least 65 euros return and it'll take three and a half hours. So like in a world where especially people my age aim for convenience and it's a case of time is everything and especially with what myself and Grace are at, Time is everything, and there's not enough time in the minute in, in the day for us. So where we can reduce time, uh, be it in traveling or or whatever we're doing, of course we're going to take that option. Whereas if you told me, like I was I was in in Brussels recently, and I took a train from Brussels to Amsterdam, the train was absolutely hopping off the rails at 180 miles an hour, and I was in Amsterdam in two hours. So I took that option over, I could have got a plane if I wanted to, but I said, this is a grand option. And I, and I went that way. And it, it was there in quick. So like, again, until you have such a time where a train is quicker than a car and is actually more convenient than a car, because at the moment it is more convenient for me to drive. The, the first option I take would be flying from Kerry to Dublin because it's the quickest option. It's the cheapest but option. But Jackie, you're never, I mean, what, what you were talking about traveling across Europe and you're talking about traveling from one city to another city. When we look at Ireland, we, we know the geographical landscape of Ireland. We are never going to be able to provide convenient public transport when, for, for, for okay. populations that are not dense because it, well, it just wouldn't second. be economically viable. We had a far better rail system in the 1920s in this country than we do now. And, and places were far more connected in the small village that I come from in Kilgarvan. I've seen the maps. I've seen the maps of the, the old rail yes. system. And it yes. was a better well, system. Yes. The people, there was a railway station here and it could bring you all the way down into the Ring of Kerry. And you were talking about the economic, what are we doing with the railways that we had before? We're putting greenways on them. I'm not opposed to greenways, absolutely not. But what I would love to see is greenways and railways. Because could you imagine if you could sit on the train this morning with the weather that we're having and get on the train in Kilgarvan and, and go all the way down the Ring of Kerry like, like we used to? I'll come back to the transport yes. issue in a minute and it is an yes. important issue and I think you've made a really good yes. point about the hypocrisy of that and, and this yes. of course comes back to what you know Tim Cullen was saying about you know attacking other industries if that's what you want to use the word attacking other industries yes. and not just agriculture but in the farming industry in particular and you're involved in the farming industry yes. your argument and the argument from farmers is is why do I have to reduce my herd when in the meantime, you know, the Brazilians and the Argentinians are going to increase their herds. So in other words, the, the cows will only be belching in a different part of the world. So you believe that's hypocrisy? Of the highest regard. Because if you look at what it, what's happening, the big debate here at the moment is re-wetting. In other words, 
and and despite what Grace might say, after twenty thirty, when they've when we we've rewetted all the state land, it's a case of we will then be looking at productive farmland. Grace will say that it'll be on a voluntary basis, but if there's not enough take up, voluntary soon becomes compulsory, and it's the same with the reduction of the herd. But they are it's being quite... subsidized. But you, but they are going to be subsidized for the losses. It's not like oh, they're doing imagine, it for nothing. Can you imagine telling? Because I, I, I was, I was up there recently, where we have a, where we're, we have a potential threat to the the arterial drainage program that we've operating in this country, uh, from environmental groups in this country, uh, from from the from its most recent review of the river basin management plan. But that that that's another topic. But can you imagine going up going up to Narkerry this morning and telling a productive uh, dairy farmer that is farming along the river Cashin? And telling him that he's that he that his land can be rewetted, and as one of Grace's MEP colleagues from Dublin said recently, that oh the the, the land could be repurposed for um, water buffaloes and blueberries. <laughs> I mean, telling a productive dairy farmer uh, that that is making a, a, a living for himself and his family that is that is uh, um, contributing. To rural rural communities and keeping the local shop open, the local the the local um, post office open, all the things that you need to make a vibrant rural community, telling them to come along and repurpose their farm for water buffaloes and blueberries. I okay, mean, what? Well, okay, well, let me let me come back to Grace. Here, let me go back to Grace. Yeah. Let me finish. Just let me finish. Yeah. Just and 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 again, where we then have the Brazilians cutting down forestries to bait the bend to make more land so that they can double their herd while we're okay. reducing it. Okay, okay. okay, let me just get to that point, Grace. That's a really important point. And let me give you another example of that, not just in relation to agriculture. I was getting two tyres for the car recently. I was standing outside waiting while they were putting the new tyres on the car and a van arrived to collect all the old tyres from this company that were replacing my tyres. All the old tyres being thrown into a truck. And I just happened to say to the guy, I said, what do you do with all the old tyres? And he says, uh, I said, do you burn them? And he said, no, we're not allowed. You have to apply for a license to do that. And he says, so we, we can't, you can't get a license to do that anymore in Ireland. So I said, well, where do they go? And he says, well, we did have this plan. We bought a machine for 100,000 that grinds them down to use them for kids' playgrounds, for the soft stuff on kids. He said, but nobody's interested because it's too expensive to produce. So we send them to China. And I said, what do they do with them in China? He says, they burn them for a concrete factory. So I said, in other words, they're, just, they're burning them, but just in a different part of the world. It's the same point, I suppose, that was being made about agriculture. What's the point in reducing the herd when other countries are just going to increase their herd and sell the meat cheap into Ireland? So look, there's a, there's a bunch of points there, uh, and I, can, I hope we can get to them. So first, in terms of, of um, importing beef from South American countries, that the Mercosur deal. Well, like uh, in the European Parliament, I'm one of the most active people against that. I totally disagree with it. Why? Because not only will it un undercut potentially the price of beef here in Ireland, but also you're bringing the, the, um, the, the meat over from South America. Why not produce it locally? And as Jackie rightly says, use that money will flow back into the local economy. So we're, we've been very strong, outspoken on that, not only in Ireland, but across um, Europe. Um, and in terms then of um, you know the, the the peatlands and a big issue at the moment, as as everyone knows, is this nature restoration law that we're trying to bring in in the European um, in the European Parliament and in the European Union. 
And that, um, you know, when we talk about, uh, uh, to be honest, I think the word re-wetting sometimes, um, it was a bad use of a word because what you're talking about, you can raise the um, water table. So you don't have to flood the land. You can still uh, farm productively on peatland soil, but you don't, you can raise it, but you don't have to raise it to the surface, right? And what, what that, what you do then is you, and this is, is all on the table in Brussels, it's all worth what we're talking about is, you know, because the, the, the soil, the peat soil will actually sequester, it'll draw down greenhouse gas emissions, the very emissions that are heating the planet. And then the farmer will uh, receive a payment for the effort. But the first and foremost... Is, well, but, but, is if he does, but if he doesn't voluntarily want to do it, as Jackie pointed out, because obviously we're seeking yeah, farmers exactly. to voluntarily... But okay. I mean, is, is it going to come to a point that if farmers don't voluntarily do this, that they'll be forced to do it? Yeah, well, well that's a presumption, okay? The reality it's a fair is presumption. That, yeah, but there will be choices. And it's another, going back to, to Jackie's point on, on transport, the same thing. Well, what the Greens are about is giving people choices, giving them options whereby they can put, they can uh, uh, apply for schemes, they can benefit from those schemes. Why? Because of the basic thing we all agree with is that the, the planet's in trouble. Uh, you know, whether you're down in Kilgarvan or whether you're over in Brussels but, or but the other side. And I, I understand the choices you're given. And yes, farmers are going to benefit financially, but they won't benefit financially, but they will be compensated financially uh, for the loss in relation to this. But when you say choices, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing and a lot of the regulations that we're seeing, they're not going to be choices. You either do it or that's it. You know, I mean, and it seems when it comes to the general public, I mean, we're being told, for example, simple things like, you know, the sale of uh, diesel and petrol cars will be gone by 2030. By 2035, it'll be illegal to sell them. In other words, you won't have a choice. You have to do these things. So to suggest that it's always going to be a choice is not, and this is the point again that Jackie's making, it's all well and good saying it at the moment, it's voluntary, blah, 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 blah. But it's not going to be voluntary for very long because if we don't get enough people taking part, then there's going to be other legislation brought in, uh, most likely by the Green Party, uh, to suggest that you have to do it. And and he believes this is damaging local communities and local farming communities. Yeah, but the, the, the ultimate damage is going to be because we're in a, in our towns and our communities that, that we can no longer, you know, uh, deal with the extreme droughts, we can't deal with flash flooding, um, you know, all kinds of um, different uh, events that are a result of the warming of the planet. So, and just to get back to your point, I mean, look, we, we you know, the, we have to move, get the momentum going. So in terms, go back to the retrofitting, you know, now across Ireland, like retrofitting of social housing is happening at scale, the um, the local authorities are all of their housing is stopped. They're moving towards uh, absolutely. I, I spoke to somebody who bought a house the other day, and it's it's wonderful. There's no such thing as a fireplace yeah. anymore, which yeah. caught my because yeah. I walked into this house and I said to him, a friend of mine bought a new house. I said, "Where's your fireplace?" And he says, "You're yeah. old school. You're old school. There's no fireplace." Sorry. Okay. Yes. Like, 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 you know, so that's, that's positive changes, you know. Oh, it is, but, and, it's, and, but that's all well and good for young people buying new houses, which have new regulations yeah, but, around retrofitting, but, but for those who don't the, have it. Sorry, go ahead, Jack, you want to say something? Yeah, we have to acknowledge, on the retrofitting, you're failing miserably. Last year, it was announced by SEI, that the, and your target is 500,000 homes to be retrofitted by 2030. 
you've done three point seven percent of that so far. So yeah. how are you going to how are you going to ramp it up over the yeah. next eight years? And because the big stumbling block is the people that Noel referenced earlier. It's very easy for for uh, local authorities to come along and apply uh, for their stock to be done up, but the person who um, like I come across there uh, not so long ago in 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 a place that I represent in Scarta Glen in County Kerry, a small rural community, and the the money that has to be paid up first. Yeah. Where, where does that come from for, for elderly people who are on pensions? And as well, when we talk about the Green Party giving options, what option does someone in, in one of the largest parishes uh, in Ireland have today uh, in Belly McKelligot, whereby they're in a very isolated area and all they have is their car? I'll tell you the option that the Green Party gave them a number of days ago was the increase the price of the one uh, fuel that fuels their one transport option. They don't have choices. They have to sit into their car if they want to go to work or if they want to go to the doctor or if they want to go down to, to the suit. And that, it, it, it'll be very hard for you to convince me that that aspect is going to change. Because like Noel said, there's going to be isolated places in this country. There always will be. And there will be people who want to live in rural areas. And we have to support that choice for rural pe for people to continue to live in their rural communities. But their options, you're not going to be able to tell me that they're going to be provided with a bus, that they're because the, the, the local link doesn't even go up there. You're not going to be able to tell me that they're going to be provided with a rail system because that's not going to happen. So what are the options for these people? And then my final my final point is we t we, we talk about the potential of, like you say, that the Green Party are against the Marcus Ardeal. That's brilliant. We're, 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 we're fully uh, in agreement with that. But then I use the example of whereby we close, we we repurpose peat burning stations in this country. Example in Eden Derry, uh, that is now a biomass uh, a biomass station. And what are we doing? Where are we getting our wood chip from? Our wood chip is coming in from Brazil on boats into fines that's being collected by dozens of lorries and transported from fines up up to up to up to Eden Dairy to be burnt. All that's coming in from Brazil. Uh, we're getting our okay, we're getting okay, I, 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 okay, we're limited to the time. And, and horticultural yeah. peat is coming in from Lafayette. Okay, we're limited okay. to the time. So, okay, again again, okay. I suppose, Grace, this goes back to, you know, the hypocrisy. In yeah. other words, you know, you're probably burning just as much CO two per ton or whatever it happens to be, you know, bringing in wood chip, bringing in turf from other countries because we've banned the sale of it in this country. In other words, what's the point in doing this if it just costs more money then to move it and more CO2, if that's the way you want to put it, to move it from another country back to Ireland again? Okay, so we we uh, recognise that we, we all agree across around the table, we all agree there's a problem and we have to find solutions. And it's not it's not going to be solutions found tomorrow across the board. But what you have to do is get underway. And that's what we're doing in the Green Party. So we're not moaning and, and giving out and not moving on. We've got to move on. We know, we're hearing it. Like but we're, 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 we're a tiny cog that, in the big wheel. You know okay. what I mean? When you've so, got countries know, like India, know, China and America know, who don't care. But Niall, Niall, we're an important cog in a wheel. And I want everyone in this country to have a decent lifestyle, including all those down in Kerry and Kilgarvan, you know? So but, it's, but, it's, but, 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 he's, but he's just mentioned not, not they're always... Well, hang on, so, hang on, Jackie. No, no, hang just, on. Just, he's just mentioned... What I'm arguing against is the, the use of the word hypocrisy. Like, that's just not fair. 
because we at least were rolling up our sleeves and we're trying to do something and create the change. Now, go back to your peak coming from Latvia or whatever. We shouldn't, no country should be burning fossil fuels because we know it's eating the planet. We know it. Yeah, but you, we, well, yeah, but you can't, and that's fine. And by the way, I don't disagree with you. Hang on, no. Hang no, no, on, hang on, both of you. Hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. Please, please, both, both of you just for a second, just let's count down. Nobody, dis- nobody disagrees that we need to move away from fossil fuels. Hang on, no, bo- nobody disagrees that we move to, need to move away from fossil fuels. But you can't do that today or tomorrow or in a year's time or even in six years' time. We have something to replace it. I mean, when we moved away from the steam engine going back, you know, hundreds of years ago, we did it. And we did, and people gave out about it at the time when we moved. But we will do that over time. Yeah, but now look at it. How long does it take us to get the legislation, so the, the law into place, so we can now start developing our finally offshore renewable wind? So that's going to give us a renewable resource. It's going to create a load of jobs, jobs all around the country. And finally, we're getting on with it. It took us, it took the Greens like multiple times before we could get that legislation over the, the line. So what I'm saying to Jackie is, you know, I know like, you know, you might have a, a, a hit at the Greens and whatever, but at least we're the ones, we, we're consistent. We're saying this is the way it is. And now for God's sake, will we move forward? And that's why I'm saying as an old, uh, environmental activists, you know, will people just come on, come on board and let's get this thing going. And then let's create the, the, the decent environment. Because just one point, we live, believe me, I've been all over the world, Antarctica, everywhere. And I, we live in such a brilliant country and we can, we can put in the systems that will make it not only better for renewable energy, for people in isolated environments. Like, it, it will take time, I've no doubt about it, but gee, just get in behind us and let's make it Okay, happen. well, just finally, Jackie, in fairness, you may or may or not disagree or, or agree with Grace, but you have to give her a reward for passion. And certainly the Green Party have a passion for what they want to do. I, I understand it's not easy because it, when you're being asked to move to something different or do something different without having the option that you want uh, because of the times that we're living in, it takes a little bit of time. I, I spoke the other day in detail about electric cars. I don't think we're there yet with electric cars. Until we increase the range or we increase the speed up the charging times, I don't think we're there yet. Because if everybody bought electric cars tomorrow, the grid would collapse. But but getting back to you, Jackie, I mean, you've heard it said, surely we just let's all get on board. Oh, but sure, but sure, it's very easy to say, let's get all on board. And it's very easy to say, oh, that maybe we're moaning, or maybe it's very easy to say that we're oh, having a hit at the Greens. But like, that's if the Green Party came out in the morning and said that they wanted to put, that to give a grant to every household in the country, that they would install free of charge solar panels in every single rooftop in this country, that would be something I could get behind. It's something that would be benefit to the end user, and it would be something that would be beneficial to the grid. That's something I could get on board with. But when you're telling me that, oh, yes, we're going to provide choices, but before we give you any alternative transport outside of your car for getting to work or wherever, we're actually going to hike up the price of fuel uh, with with carbon taxes uh, so that it's going to hit you more in your pocket every single day to go to work in in, in the middle of a cost of living crisis that seems to be never ending. So when you you tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to have choices or or we, we have to do this, we have to get on board, it's very hard to tell that to grace to people who are continuously being hit nowhere else other than their pocket 
for things that they for simple things that they do, whether it's going down to the shop to get their groceries that are ever increasing, whether because again, the cost of fuel has an impact on every single thing that we do. We do not have electric electric haulage uh, uh, trucks in this country or even in the world. So like I like when the price of fuel goes no, up. No, that, was, that was the point I was making. It takes the time. Cost of everything goes I, and, so, and I think so I, I think Grace. Well, just finally because I know you both have to go, Grace. I think you have to accept that you know we made this decision going back in 2021 when the legislation was brought in in relation to reaching that target. But in saying that. It's not fair to try to reach that target, you know, where other people have to make massive sacrifices financially and otherwise, and certainly in business too, when the the alternatives are not in position. And when it comes to, say, the electric vehicles for, you know, for agriculture, for haulage, those options are not there yet. Even for the end user, for the guy on the street or the somebody in, in, in rural Ireland who wants an electric car, it's too expensive. And, and they don't have the range yet. The charging times are too long. I mean, that's going to take another five or ten years for someone like Elon Musk to develop and get a patent on. So realistically, it's going to take a little bit of time. So as I said, back to what I said at the very start, the carrot and stick approach, you can't punish people constantly for not doing it. You know, And I, I know you're passionate about it. You want it done tomorrow. But that's not going to happen. Just finally, Grace. And I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Like, that's blue sky thinking stuff. What I'm saying is that, the, and what, you know, Europe's saying it'll be a just and a fair transition. And that's where the money from the European Central Bank, that's where the money is going to flow into Ireland to actually help the transition. And when you talk about transition, we're talking, you know, we're talking about 2030, 2040, 2050. So, so it will take time. It will take time. And from my perspective and the green perspective is we always have to bring everyone on board. So the person Jackie was talking about, you know, in, in, in different areas in Kerry and that, that's, that's where we really have to reach out and we have to make sure that the local authorities and yourself, Jackie, the local uh, representatives, that, that, they're, that they're supported uh, so that we can help those people in the rural environment and we need to make sure that the credit unions and the different funding institutes that the the the, the people in rural oh, they, well, they still, yeah but they still have to pay those back i mean people people have to borrow the money they have to pay it back i mean surely surely grace what we should be talking about is the government dipping their hand in the pocket and saying we'll pay for it then jackie and everybody else will get on board because when people are asked to put their hand in their pocket then it costs money then you lose support and you know the next election is coming soon so you don't want you don't want that to come true what was in the irish independent the other day because otherwise you're all in a lot of trouble so uh, I have to, Jackie, just let me, uh, let you make the final point. I really have to wrap it up because I know, I, I go ahead, Jackie, make the final point. It's just what I, what I would say is, and I agree with Grace, that any transition should be just and fair. But those people who partook in that poll over the weekend, and many of the people that you would talk to uh, in places like Kerry, Kerry or Clare or places like that where there are vastly rural counties, you ask them, is it just and fair for them at the moment? Because I'll tell you the answer that they'll give you is, no, it is not. And it is actually getting much harder for them. So I have no, I, I would have absolutely no problem in the world in changing my diesel Jeep to uh, an electric vehicle in the morning if it could do the same thing as it does for me now. But it okay. can't. That okay, well, listen. So, so as technology advances, it will get easier. But what we're saying at the moment is that the Green Party are putting the cart 
before the horse. And to be fair, and I'll finish on this, it's not just the Green Party, because we had a vote on the on the climate, on the climate, um, on the climate targets, and and in the doll, 129 to 10. Sinn Fein, Labour, Social Democrats, they all voted for it. Uh, but the hip hypocrisy then lies with those very same people who will stand up in the morning and give out about the cost of living. Okay, listen, on that note, i got to thank both of you because I know you're both rich. And thank you very much, both of you, for taking much. the time to join us today. Thank you very much thank indeed, Grace. And, and also Jackie Healy Ray. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.